Coming up on Telling the Odds, we discuss the sad eradication of one of Star Wars' most eloquently placed characters and Mandalorian Chapter 13, The Jedi. Let's talk about it. All that and more coming up now. We are very excited to just get right into it because, frankly, a lot's been going on with Mandalorian and other stuff, and we just got to jump back into so it. So much shit this oh, week. Oh my goodness, a lot to talk about. Um, yes, guys, welcome back to Telling the Odds. This is episode 27, November 29th. My god, this year is already over. That does not make sense. Yeah. Sorry, not nearly over, is it's what I meant. It's almost getting close. It'll almost be Christmas. Um, what do you want for Christmas, Michael? Uh, the love from the people around me. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> nice, unoffensive way of answering that question. Good on, good on you. Uh, lots to talk about, guys. Uh, mainly the episode of Mandalorian that we got this week because there is just so much to unpack. It's crazy. And we'll get right to it, but there is some little news we have to talk about. Yes. Very important little news. Very important little news that we didn't actually talk about in last week's episode where we discussed the siege because that wasn't like a big breaking story right after the episode came out. Basically guys, what has happened is in chapter 12, the siege, the Mandalorian filmmaker, uh, the Mandalorian makers, the people who make the show, made a little gaffe and a goof. at I believe it is 18 minutes and 54 seconds of the, of chapter 12, The Siege. If you look to the left of Grief Karga, you will see a man in a grey shirt, blue jeans, and a very earthbound modernistic watch. Yep. So essentially, they uh, a crew member was in frame, and uh, you know, own it. That thing happens yep, all that, that thing happens all the time. And essentially, and this is what I love about the Star Wars Amazingly. universe and and just our fandom and in general. My first reaction when Jack told me about this, I'm like. Is there a Wikipedia page? Yes. Uh, this guy was given his own Wikipedia page in literally no more than a day, and he was officially canonized as Admiral Jeff Blue Jeans. Until. Like, I mean, like, no, I mean, okay. we're going to get to the sad part in a minute. Scandal. But just like how. Uh, that's what I it's love. Hilarious. That's what I love about it's the Star Wars. So it's what I love about the Star Wars. My immediate Wars reaction is, oh, he's, getting, he's canon then. He's in the Mandalorian. Absolutely, he's canon. And everyone's like jumps on that opportunity. You know what? Like, I, I texted you about it. Okay, oh, you know what? We were on a walk. We were on a walk. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to you about it, mm. and I was just like, Michael, uh, I do have a pretty groundbreaking theory that we might be able to talk about on the podcast. Mm. It's that uh, Admiral Ju Admiral Jeff Blue Jeans, Snoke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I accounted with a well, good answer, but I'm afraid you're wrong since he is in fact Ray's parents, <laughs> both of them at once. We still don't have like an actual name for Ray's father, so you know it's just he's literally on Wikipedia as Ray's father. So, I mean, you there were nobodies, remember Michael? They were, um, they were both nobodies and somebodies because those films don't work well together. Yeah. Uh, so well, how did this always happen? It always turns into a Rise of Skywalker rat. How, because how can you not? That movie is just so flawed. Okay, um, sorry, yes. Yes, uh, but anyway... Scandal. Uh, as highest order. As of about, I believe it was yesterday morning, I was checking Facebook on my you know Star Wars fan page that I'm a part of, and uh, tragedy struck because... Uh, Disney Plus has officially erased Admiral Jeff Blue Jeans from the version of Chapter 12 that we now have on Disney Plus, and I am inconsolable, frankly. A specialized edition, dude. Now, you know what we need now? Yeah. We need a despecialized edition of, of Chapter 12. Get Harmy on the horn. We need yeah. him. <laughs> we 
<laughs> we actually need to get text him and tell him about. We so should. We've talked to Harmy already. We can get him to do it. That's hilarious. Um, I mean, if you can find a version of it that's actually you know usable. I mean, because the thing is, is that you know John Favreau and Dave Filoni, they're not just the filmmakers, but they're also such fans of Star Wars that I thought they'd be cool enough to let it in. It was probably a Disney executive or something. Probably. Like, nah, get rid of that. Yeah. That was a mistake. Probably. Um, which is fine, you know, I understand. But at the same time, you, you, he was he was like my favourite character. Admiral Jeff Blue Jeans, come yeah, on. And I just, yeah, it's... It just, I mean, it epitomises it amazingly. It's something that, the, that was like accidental, which... Look, I guess Disney thinks it made them look bad. But for us, we're like, no, this is so much fun. This is hilarious. We want to jump on this and like, you know, like fully embrace. And they're like, nope, we're going to take away your good thing you like. I know. It's just, I, I don't think it's really fair in any way. But no. um, at the same time, there is a lot of other Star Wars related stuff to talk about. And uh, we're only five minutes into the podcast, so I think we could more, uh, more or less get into it. Uh, because, I mean, we, we were scanning the internet. There's not a real lot of uh, Star Wars news to talk about. The only articles that are out there are based on what we're about to talk about now. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like, there's not really, they're not really going to be announcing anything big Star Wars, because right now... They're just showing the Mandalorian, and they want everyone's focus to be on that. Yeah. So I think <laughs> Do you remember when we said that that Rogue One writer was going to be releasing quite a <laughs> big news a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> and like that wasn't something we theorized. That was something that was no. tweeted. Yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway, guys, we are going to get into our main discussion. But all that all of those articles were based off of yes. this week, not this week, last night. We were treated to Mandalorian chapter thirteen with the title that I. Thought it yeah. would be, you're and like, thankfully I was right. The, the one thing you're like, if it's going to be this tile, it's going to break. You're if it's written and directed by Dave Filoni, and she was going to show up, it had to be this. Chapter 13, The Jedi. Yes. Uh, so, just before we get into anything, because frankly, there's a lot of spoilers that one are in this episode, and two in this discussion. So, if you have not seen it, definitely go watch it before this, because exactly. we're going to break down everything. I mean, look, this episode is going to be coming out you know, at lunchtime on Sunday. Yeah. Officially, more than like 48 hours since the episode came out. So yeah, you've if, probably seen it. So, I mean, if you've managed to get on the internet and not have it spoiled, yeah. good on you, because that, well that seems impossible. Um, you've probably even seen the thumbnail at this point, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, because I didn't actually... I normally watch Mandalorian as soon as it comes out. 7pm, yeah. I'm on my couch watching the episode, but I was out, so I didn't get to see it. Yeah, uh, I actually texted Jack to see what he thought, and he hadn't seen it at that point. I was like, dude, no spoilers, I haven't come home and watched it yet. Um, no, that's fine. I knew you wouldn't spoil anything. No. Uh, you were just like, oh my god, what a great episode. So, let's get into it, guys. Mm-hmm. Chapter 13, The Jedi. Where do you even start? Uh, uh, I'll s- I mean, you got to start with how it starts, which is interesting and not what I expected. I thought we see The Jedi, I thought it's going to be a slow, subtle reveal. I, think, yeah. I thought we were going to see Mando land on the planet... Like, if you hints are here, you hear about a Jedi, you hear about something happening, and then eventually you finally see it. No. Scene one, Ahsoka's on screen. Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Live action, guys. Um, and like, it's just... One thing I'm going to say, cinematography in this opening shot was, oh, stellar. I know. Like, the lighting like, and the way that the fog works with the lightsabers was... I know. I mean, we're going to get into more about Ahsoka's uh, character design and stuff like that in a yes. minute. But in terms of how she's introduced and how the actual camera moves with her lightsabers, her lightsabers look great, yeah, I they thought. Do. Um, They're the same ones from Rebels. They've got the same helps, the white ones. They are, yeah. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. I wasn't expecting her to literally be the first thing we saw. You know, I mean, again, spoilers, guys. The You know, when Mando goes into the woods and finds her and they have yep. their tiny little skirmish before they find out their friends, yep. I thought that the reveal was going to be something like that. Yeah, something like but that. it wasn't. Literally, the moment the episode starts, you see the white lightsaber buzz past the screen mm. and I'm like oh my god she's here yeah. um, 
I mean, Should look, we get into a design? Let's, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, it's mostly looking like... Uh, I love that she is wearing her victory and death cloak, yeah. her victory and death gauntlets, her victory and death boots, and at the same time, she's uh, as an add-on, she's yeah. wearing this awesome, like, samurai garb. I love the way she looks. Yeah, it's, it's different to her, like, last appearance we saw, which was more, like, uh, ornate or, like, this is more of a battle style. Exactly, yeah, uh, you're right. She's out in the field doing stuff, helping yeah, people. Yeah, because, you know, as we know, the end of Rebels, um, because I didn't actually know this until recently, which is weird because I feel like I'd be up on up to date on these sorts of things, but yep. the ep the epilogue for Rebels, the part where Sabine mm. sees Ahsoka and stuff, that takes place shortly after the Battle of Endor. Yes, yes. I, I knew it was afterwards, but I didn't know it was that much after. I, I It says that it takes place in 4 ABY, so, yeah. um, you know, apparently it's... I mean, I'd like to think yeah. it's set around the same time. And around that time, you know, she's... They just in, didn't look for Ezra and Thrawn until, like, four years later? I mean, she's in her white Gandalf cloak and her staff, and now, five years later, she's back to her victory and death look, and, you know... She doesn't have that cool staff with her, um, no. but I mean that's that's just a semantic thing. She might have just done that. I think she would. It's not like a permanent change. It's yeah. just a costume thing. That's, I love to think so many ways you can explain that. I love to think that she would have done that just to, just for the reveal to Sabine. Yes. Like I am majestic. I am a Now yeah, I'm gonna yeah, just yeah. change in my regular clothes just when we get back on the ship. After like okay, now no, we're, we're done with all the. Exactly. Um, now, Ahsoka coming into live action, uh, it would feel strange for us to have anything negative to say. Yep. Uh, I, For the most part, I absolutely adore the look of Ahsoka and Rosario Dawson, because I love anything Rosario Dawson is in. The Marvel Netflix shows, I love a lot of the movie, the, the smaller sci-fi things that she's been in, and I couldn't wait for her to appear as Ahsoka. And let's talk about her performance for a minute. Yes. Because not only is she great and she sounds great, she literally has the way that Ahsoka walks, the mm. way that Ahsoka speaks in terms of her, like, timbre and the yeah. way, like, you know, her vernacular and the way she speaks in terms of, not, to, you know, the smallest things as even, like, spacing out her words. Yeah, it's sure. exactly the same as it was in the Clone Wars. And I think, yeah, for me, like, upon immediately seeing her, my reaction was a little bit, okay, that's just Rosario Dawson. But, yeah. like, pretty much give it like a couple of seconds even after speaking or doing movement or whatever immediately I'm like okay no this is Ahsoka but like she's a lot older she's exactly like, this you is know, Ahsoka later in her life and I was fully immersed in that yeah. 100% and that comes from Dave, Dave Filoni's direction because it only seems right that the person who created her would be the person to give her these notes when they're making the episode and they, they, they turned out they turned out brilliantly so Rosario Dawson I really hope we do get to see Ahsoka again uh, because Rosario Dawson just, just killed it in my opinion now we did have some gripes. Uh, we did have some uh, a few things to talk about in terms of her look, because right. in because in terms of Ahsoka in general, I thought she was fantastic in this episode. There are only like, oh, we're massive fans of Ahsoka, so yes. we have some things to talk about. I think, yeah, taking the fact that we have Ahsoka in this episode and just accepting that, the way we got her was brilliant. I yes. think this is one of the most perfect, if not the most perfect way you could do her in live action, aside from. It's like a nitpick. It's not a problem. It is a nitpick. It's not yeah. a fundamental problem with her character or the way she was implemented or anything. It's just, it just feels, it just, it was immediately recognisable though, which yeah. is her, um, I don't know if they're actually called Leku. That's they, they are, they are they called are, Leku, okay, yeah. similar to Twilight's. Yeah, they're just wrong. They're like too small. They should be longer. They should be longer. They, they should, should be longer. Taller, thicker. It's like, she looks like Ahsoka as Clone Wars and not as Rebels. Um, and she should even be beyond Rebels, because, like, the Leku get bigger and longer and thicker like, as they get older. Like, frankly, the size that her Leku is is right now yeah. is, like, if we were to see... It kind of makes it look like a child. It's you know, you know, like, the second half of Clone Wars Ahsoka? Yeah. When she gets into her cooler yeah. maroon garb, yes. right? I think that if we were to see her in live action, that's what her 
Leku would look exactly, like. Yeah. You know, I think that that's the length that we saw her at, like, you know, now yeah. is what I would assume the length was back then. Exactly. But, you know, when you saw her in Rebels, it's in way Rebels, longer. it's really big, the, which, I mean, maybe they didn't want all of that yeah. to be, because it's quite large, but, I don't know, it, like, and, it added more, like, wisdom feeling to her. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it made her, like, it aged her in a sense, but, like, in a good way. Like, yeah. she went from being, like, kind of a young, kind of, like, cocky Jedi, like, similar to Anakin or whatever it was, yeah. and became more wise, and that was done in character design as well, and, like, it, I feel like it kind of took away from her in this. I feel like, like, I mean... I mean trying yeah. to work out why. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It, it didn't ruin the episode for no, me. I, it, I mean, it didn't... That's the thing. It didn't change anything for me. This is literally just a nitpick for me. It might mean some more to, you know, other people. But that's the thing, is that, you know, the Leku was just wrong. The blue bits should be thicker. And, you know, even from the back, there are a few shots from the back, right, where the yeah. Leku gets really thick for that yeah, back yeah, piece. Yeah. That should be longer, too. Yeah, because it, it hardly even went past her, like... Her, her shoulder exactly. blanks. That, it should be way I'm longer. I'm just trying to think, it's like, I guess they might have done it just because it, it would have just been inconvenient to have like a giant headpiece. Maybe, the maybe. Thing, especially how there's a lot of action in this episode. Mm -hmm. More than even like some of the other ones, there have just been a lot like, yeah, like, co like const almost constant action aside from the one bit with there with your, uh, baby, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but, I, I just, I think it just, unless they're like trying to, I'm just trying to think in universe how they could explain it. Like, are they implying that like, Leku just changes over time, be that getting larger, get older. Maybe, it because... Just, I, I, mean, I really like the idea that, like, as they get older, like, it grows with them and, like, like shows the wisdom. Like, I don't know, we saw some older Togruta in one of the Clone Wars episodes. Did those... Their, twi their Leku was huge. Exactly. The, the, um, I don't know. The, uh, the, the, the governor in that episode, yes. uh, when they're on uh, Kiros, yes. that's the planet, his Leku was huge. Huge, like yeah. it literally went down to like his waist. Yeah, and obviously, and so I, I really like that. I mean, we don't we don't know the lifespan of the of the Togruta. Like he yeah. may be like really old, and that's why his Togruta is huge. And back then, in the later parts of the Clone Wars, Ahsoka was still yeah. only a teenager. But she's in her, I mean, age wise, she's like in her mid forties now. Yeah. So I would imagine that it's longer. And it's like but something that something that I did notice though is like you know you get to see close up shots when it's a little bit you know you know, when it's a bit lighter on her mm. face, you do get to see, like, imperfections in her leku. There are, like, actual, um, like you know, yeah, they're, like, like, they're like scars and wrinkles yeah, and I stuff. Like and it so, so maybe, feel more real. So maybe you're right. Maybe they do sort of start to wither a little bit as you get older that's and the, 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 the blue bits do get a little bit thinner, yeah, maybe. Because you know what? That's yeah. another thing. We, we just, don't know complete physiology of it, that's but I just thought it was an interesting thing. You know what? Because that's an interesting thing to talk about because now that I'm thinking about it, we brought up that Kiosk governor, right? The the the, yes. the stripes on his leku, very thin. Right. So yeah, maybe that, that maybe that is what happens we'll with age. We'll look into it. We'll come back with yeah. the report. Shark T's blue stripes, they're thin too. Yeah. So who knows? Although um, I think she's younger though, isn't she? Or is she? Maybe. I'm not really sure how yeah. old Shark T was around the time that she died. Um, however many times she did die. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, yes, so anyway, that's Ahsoka. Yes. Now, so that was just a small nitpick, but otherwise, yes. the way we see Ahsoka on screen, loved it. Yeah. Both consensus agree on this. Absolutely. I, I, I'm so excited to see more of her. Rosario Dawson killed it. Yes. And, I, and every well, that's an interesting idea. Do you, do you reckon we'll see more of her, or uh, was this a one-time thing? Well, that's the thing, is that Ahsoka, be, like, it's Ahsoka, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously we want to see more of her. If we don't see her again, it's like the Boba Fett thing. Right, yeah. like if we don't see her again, I'll be like, oh, okay. Well, it's a circuit of me being a fan. I'd like to see more, but it is Mando's show, so you can't. So, yeah. so, so if she doesn't come back, I understand. But well, um, it's the thing that I thought, which was like, oh, well, they're not going to bring Rosario Dawson in to play this major character and just only do it once. And I think, oh yeah. 
Cobb Vanth, this random character they got Timothy Olyphant in to do. Exactly. He may only have one episode. Like, he may come back. Who knows? But it's like, it's Mandalorian's a big enough show that that, that isn't a guarantee. Well, I don't think this is the last time we see her. I, I, yeah, I, I, I really do think that we'll see her again by the end of the season. Yeah. Um, because I honestly feel like we're going to have a similar situation as season one. Hopefully, <laughs> season one again. hopefully not to the point where it's like super repetitive, but yeah. what I think might happen is towards the end of the season, Baby Yoda will be taken by Moff Gideon mm-hmm. or the Imperials that you know are currently chasing them because they are tracking the Razor Crest. And, uh, you know, because of that, Mando's going to have to go get Cobb Vanth, Bo-Katan, Cara Dune, Grief Karga, Ahsoka, put up a massive team to try and get the child back. Yep. Um, Are you going to bring back the uh, frog lady? <laughs> Maybe. Who yeah. knows? I'd like, I'd like to see her back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay. well, so, you know what? Let's talk about the child. Let's talk about or the child. Or should I say, <laughs> Grogu. Grogu. We now officially have the child's name because he is communing with Ahsoka in this episode. Yeah, we and it's been revealed that he does have an actual name and we that name is, oh, is that name is Grogu. Um, yeah. We got a lot of information, solid right. information about the child in this episode. I mean, let's talk about the child for a minute. You know, I, you really got a sense as to how, you know, self thinking and, and uh, sentient the child is Yeah, because I mean, obviously he yeah. is a baby, but he really thinks on the level that Ahsoka and Mando do because, well, I mean, yeah, she talks about the fact that he was, raised in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant mm. and that he himself decided to try and hide his powers so that he wouldn't try to be um, hunted down and yeah. the fact that he was hidden by an unnamed Jedi yeah, at the end of the Clone Wars. So I'm trying to think who that would be. Yeah. yeah. Could, I, could be Yoda? Maybe. Could be Obi-Wan. Could, who knows? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it might just be a... It, it's it probably could just, just be a no-name. Like, that's the thing. I'd like, like to Disney, think it was a no-name because Disney that... a number of times has, has created extra Jedi that have survived Order 66. Exactly. So I mean... It wouldn't make too much of a difference if, if uh, one more survived. After all the stuff that has, you know, come out in recent years, how many Jedi have survived Order 66 at this point? It's, because it's, quite, it's a lot larger than it used to be, which is... Kanan, Ahsoka, Cal Kestis, uh, Obi-Wan... Mm-hmm. A uh, bunch of other people. Eith Koth. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. What's his... Wait, Eith Koth? They did him, huh? He did, um, yes. Um, the tracking one. That's his name. Oh, the, the what now? The, the, the one who used the track. Who... The Scar... Oh, what's his name? Um, the, in that episode of Clone Wars, where yeah. they tracked down Cad Bane, that Jedi, what's his name? Oh. Who was um, in Phantom Menace, but it wasn't originally a Jedi. Oh, Quinlan Boss. Quinlan right, Boss. right, 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 right. Yes, I was like, oh god, am I letting my Star Wars Boss. knowledge go? I also couldn't remember the names. Yeah. Um. So I did like the the you know the 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 more depth that we got to yes. to to. I mean, <laughs> even saying Grogu's Grogu. past sounds weird because we've been yeah. we've got we've gotten so used to calling him Baby Yoda. In one sense, it could easily just be this is the first time we're hearing it. It just doesn't sound right considering we've been calling him the Child or Baby Yoda for like a year and a bit. So, in that sense. But on the other sense, it's just kind of a boring name. Well, it's I mean, because like, that, that's the thing. When it's Baby Yoda, and he yeah. so quickly became... Which was, always, uh, which was never never official. Yeah. Always unofficial. And yeah. he so quickly became, you know, a fan favourite. Yep. Nothing was going to suffice... Uh, nothing no. was going to, um, you know, be good for everyone. Exactly. So, no matter what happened, they were always going to have the people which that didn't like it. The thing I lean into, similarly to other problems I've had with Star Wars in terms of mysteries and whatnot... This becomes so much less interesting for me now that we know the mystery. Now that we know where Baby Yoda's from, I feel like I'm less interested. I liked the idea that it was like this random child that they discovered that was so strong in the Force, but the fact that we 
know he's from the Jedi Temple, it, it just... Yeah, I mean, I actually it's had... It's kind of less interesting. I actually had the similar idea, is that, like, you know, I do like the idea that we're getting some more depth into his character. Yeah, I like But at the same time, I was actually though. hoping that, yeah, he was actually an undiscovered child. It would have been really interesting to discover where he came from. Like, is did he come from a Yoda species family? Was he like, something created by the Force? Because now we don't know, but we kind of know. Yeah. I mean, he's from the Jedi Temple. He's about 50 years old. We kind of know that there were, were, were two Yoda species at the Jedi Temple at least 50 years ago. You will not let this go, will you? I'm just saying. You think he's Yoda and Yaddle's child? I don't know if Disney would do that, but it's very likely. I mean, I... I honestly would hope not. Cause I it, hope it's not. Because, again, I feel like that's making the universe too small. I think it would be stupid if that was the case. However, it's hard not to read it like that. <laughs> the fact that he's from the De Jedi Temple and he was just... He grew up on the Jedi Temple. It's hard to think, how did he get there? They also told... They also... I mean, Ahsoka also said that um, many Jedi trained him over the years. Yeah, which I like. I like that idea. That is interesting. Because he's 50 years old. So, yeah. You know, so I like this idea, actually, that, that Yoda's species, that those types of Jedi need to be trained by, like, a, a village of Jedi. Like, the idea of trained by a village of Jedi. Yeah. Like, like that this is, this is like, a, a, a very special being of the Force that needs to be, like, grown up in the proper way um, to become such a powerful Jedi master that, like, Yoda was. Yeah. Which leans into the interesting idea that now that he didn't get that, and he's gained his power through attachment, how uh, Ahsoka wasn't willing to train him, which yes. was a choice I liked. I really liked that. Is because which, One, it explains a reason why they're not just going to give uh, Baby Yoda away and Vander is just on his own for the rest of the season, which would suck. Totally. But, which, so they always were gonna, never gonna, they were never going to give him away because those two need to be together to make the show interesting. However, I like this explanation because it made sense because Ahsoka has clearly seen the problems with raising someone who was so attached by their emotions to someone they love, and thus can lead to hate and anger. Um, when they, when you train them to become a very powerful Jedi, she has seen firsthand the problem that that the problems that that can create. So it hundred percent makes sense why she wouldn't want to train him. Totally, because you know what, I was worried that when she first said I cannot train him, mm. that it was going to be some sort of cliche thing that you always get, where you're just like, no, I can't train him because. Re because reasons. I thought and they were going to lean into the fact that they sh that he said he was looking for a Jedi and that she no longer identified as a Jedi, but they just didn't bring that up at all. Yeah, because I mean that's the I thing guess is she's that back on the Jedi, she's back, back on board to being a Jedi. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I mean, I don't really know, but you know, the thing is, I was hoping that that would be the case that there would be some weird, like you know, just ham-fisted reason why yeah. she can't train him. I completely understand her reasoning. Yeah, no, this was good. She has seen firsthand what it can do because she just flat out references Anakin Skywalker. I mean, yeah. she, she doesn't mention his name, but no, she exactly, says, yeah. I've seen what it can do to a fully trained Jedi Knight because she saw what happened with Anakin and how he became so attached to Padme and it led him down the path. I've seen so, this raw power only once. It didn't scare me enough that it does now. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're on brand there. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's said by Luke 30 years History after this. History might not but, repeat itself, but it rhymes. <laughs> also, it's a TV show. It rhymes like poetry. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, that's the thing is that, you know, it's not just what happened with Anakin. She might be thinking about Ezra as well because, you know, yeah. he, the fact that he really got himself in danger to the point where no one knows where he is now because he became so attached to the crew of the Ghost yeah. that, you know, I mean, she wasn't around for that I mean, final Ezra battle on my phone. definitely have problems with dark side inclination throughout most of the show which I liked and I didn't think they delved into it quite enough but yeah. what they did I liked it. 
I mean, you I know, that's an interesting idea. I, I think it just adds so much depth to Ahsoka's character because I, that's yeah. something that we haven't really discussed before. The idea that exactly. she could train other people. You know what? She's probably uh, she probably feels guilty because of the fact that she had a hand in training all those younglings in season five, and they were probably killed. So, they were, yep, they were probably killed by Anakin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Poor I Gunji. I really like the idea that Ahsoka is separate from the Jedi, but like not in like a I dislike the Jedi, but more of a kind of like hindsight wisdom sort of sense like yeah. she unlike a lot of Jedi is able to acknowledge the problems with it and understands them and so comes to it with like kind of like a yeah like knowledge about it that she's like yes I'm a force user I, I'm, I have Jedi skills however I don't fail I, I understand the failures of the Jedi and so I'm not going to repeat them and yeah. this is I see like red flags all over this child yeah so I, I mean like that, yeah. people are referring to her as a Jedi left and right and she's it's not like she's you know yeah. ripping it it's down like, I'm not gonna den- I'm not gonna correct you but like yeah. I don't refer to myself like when that magistrate woman showed up and she's just like show yeah. yourself Jedi she's not stepping out of the work saying actually you know I'm a citizen uh, <laughs> yeah just shows up and like hey 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 <laughs> Sorry. Chapter 13, fan. Fan. Chapter fan. Fan. So just a bit of a miscommunication there. Not actually, I don't refer to myself as a Jedi personally. I tend to identify with Force User or, uh, or Magical Laser Sword Lady. Chapter 13, The Citizen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's that. Uh, yes. That's a lot to do with Ahsoka and the child and the backstory that we've gotten for him now. Now, I want to talk about Dave Filoni for a minute. Okay. Because so. I think this episode looks beautiful yes because yes, we were talking about from the start how he's saying the opening is really great but like certainly throughout most of the episode huge improvement from last season with yep. the episode like i like last one but definitely it was the weaker episode of the show it's my least favorite of the of the season yeah. one but this one clearly i think not only did it not like feel worse than the other ones but there were legitimately some moments in this episode which like looked and really like felt good like oh my gosh that was a really good shot there, there is a certain shot when Ahsoka and the child are having their moment alone yeah. when she picks when when she picks him up and they're in front of the moon that shot was so freaking beautiful mm-hmm. I want that as a poster seriously Dave Filoni killed it in this episode especially because of the fact that I mean I just said his episode last season I think that was the the, the weakest um, and in terms of the direction, I feel like a lot of it could have been better at some points. And that's fine because Dave Filoni hasn't had a lot of experience with live action direction. Right. And it feels like he has improved in so many different ways. And of course, his writing is really on point here mm-hmm. too. Because I believe that most of the episodes are still written by John Favreau, except for this one that's written by, by, yeah. by Dave. So Which, uh, it makes sense. I could be wrong, but yeah. It did kind of feel like a regular episode. Actually, felt more like a Clone Wars. The previous ones have been kind of feeling more like Rebels to me, in the sense where it's like they've got the main crew, but they're kind of like discovering new things that we already know about. This yeah. it's kind of felt like a Clone Wars episode where they go to a planet, but they have to solve like a problem that's like kind of domestic to it, in the same way that Obi Wan or Anakin might have landed on a planet and had to solve a planet. So solve a squabble similar to like over the Lumen yeah. or something. Like that. I mean, it's, it's classic Clone Wars. Yeah, it did feel like a regular Clone Wars episode, which yeah. I guess also kind of feels like a, a generic kind of like cartoon episode, something like Avatar or whatever. Yeah, I mean, there are, because because you know Ahsoka's in it, you obviously have ties to Clone Wars, especially even how the episode is made. But at the same time, there is so much stuff that we haven't seen in Star Wars before that we're getting in this episode because there were even horror elements in this episode. The part where he's like yeah. going through the woods that was creepy as all hell. Like there are certain points where Ahsoka yeah. was actually scary. Like, you know, she was, like, yeah. it, it's pulled off so, so well, even with all the stuff that we already know about Ahsoka, and in terms of how the episode is made, I'm going to get into this next, uh, Kurosawa is all over this episode, right. because if episode one was a western, this was a samurai 
Yeah, this was a samurai episode, especially. I mean, just how this, you know, the the city of Kaladin, which is where they are, mm. even just the way it looks. I and definitely that, like the that, small planet. That small cool. sanctuary that the magistrates chilling out in when there yeah. are like those large, you know, uh, those, you know, blossom trees with yes. the with the with the water. It's just it's it's pulled straight out of Kurosawa. I'm a massive fan of his, and so is Dave Filoni and George Lucas. I mean, A New Hope and Star yeah. Wars was built off of Kurosawa from day one, and I'm loving to see that all these all these ties come back. Yeah, I think, so So the kind of, like, it was the A plot of the episode, but kind of like the B plot of what people focused on the episode was this idea of, like, trying to rescue this town from this oppressive warlord yeah. and, and rescue these citizens, which was an interesting idea. Like, uh, we got to see, like, a lot of action and these fight scenes in the town. Um, we got to see, like, the different, like, political, so the different uh, social... Uh, socio-economical status yeah. between the citizens and then the warlord and how she lived in luxury and they lived in squabble and like how she controlled them through fear and all that that yeah. was interesting and how when they when they liberated her when they liberated them like they all kind of like rose up and then they yeah. elected the father guy he was fun because I like to um, like you know you can basically you know assume that he was probably the leader yeah. of this place before that magistrate showed yeah, up which is why and I'm thinking kind of like there, there are like hints of the Onderon arc in this episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know so one interesting thing I saw which is uh, I believe they saw I, I forgot to check it out but I'm pretty sure they said HK47 droids yes were, they, were the droids that were helping and they were those these really cool like assassin ones those um, tall which, white ones yes, from Return of the Jedi. for hunter-killer droids, which basically are from the Knights of the Old Republic game. Yet another reference, which is one of my favourite games ever, with, uh, with HK-47. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what they were. Yes. Um, and and which he's a character in that, which is he's hilarious, because he's basically an assassin droid who works for you as a Jedi, but he's like a killer, and he's just like... He calls you like a pathetic meat bag and all these I things. I know. It's great. Well, that's another thing is, I, I mean, this is like a very like obscure reference thing for me, but the fact that they are HK-47s and the HK stands for Hunter Killers, the only other franchise where that has actually become like a reference thing, HK's Hunter Killers, is Terminator, because the Terminators are called HKs in the first one. And in the first, and who is one of the main stars of the first Terminator? Michael Bean who is in this episode. Kyle Reese is in this episode. And, like, have you seen the original Terminator? Yeah, it was Kyle Reese? That was Michael Bean, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah, like, I noticed him the moment I saw him. I'm just like, that's holy so shit, is that Michael Bean? Because, he, because I I mean, like, I'm a huge fan of the first Terminator. It's one of my favourite films from the 80s. And, like, Kyle Reese is just everything yeah, to me. So to see right. him back, Michael Bean was just so cool. And the little mm. standoff that he and Mando have towards the end of the episode is really cool. Because I didn't, I didn't pick him, and I, I know pretty good. I wasn't sure if it was him at the start, and then I'm just like, yeah, that's definitely him. And then the credits confirmed it, which yep. was just so cool to see so, him back. So, yeah, those guys were pretty cool. I liked that. Um, and definitely, like, the combat we saw between them, like, so with Ahsoka, when she was, like, they were, they were like, slashing them in half and doing the flips and, and Mandalorian doing the shootout. That was great. Yeah. You know what, so we got some cool acrobatics from yes, Ahsoka, like some cool wire work. That was really fun. I yeah. did. I personally, I think sometimes it could feel a little stiff, but but sometimes it also did feel pretty good in some of the bits. I really yeah. liked because like how like you know to the point where Ahsoka was so unbelievably athletic and flippy in the Clone yeah, Wars, which, which it, like you can't. We I wanted to see, but like to it's, an extent, it's hard you just to it's hard to translate into live action. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about the fact that I had no idea that Beskar is not only strong, just about to but say can the flat thing. out yeah fight so against the lightsaber. Said at this point, that uh, shown at this point, Beskar is lightsaber proof. Yeah. Um, did not, did not I like. That. I think it completely makes sense because we've shown it, they've shown in the past that Mandalorians developed a lot of their weapons to kill Jedi. Jedi were their ancient enemy, and so it makes sense that the the metal, the ancient metal that they used to make their armor, that they would make like give it to their 
distinguished warriors yeah. is lightsaber proof and which is why it's so valuable uh-huh. um, and which is why like everywhere Mandalorian goes they're like hey it's a nice Beskar army you got there yeah it'd be a shame if something's happened to it <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's I mean I also want to talk about the fact that uh, in terms of not only the direction and sound design and stuff like that in terms of the actual technical parts which is what I really love to examine in the Mandalorian and all the stuff that I watch is the use of silence in this episode was so beautiful because there are there are certain parts in this episode whether they're in the woods with Mando Grogu and Ahsoka or in the small parts leading up to Ahsoka's fight with the magistrate you know there are parts where there is like a 30 second piece of silence where they're just staring at something and all you get is that like that brisk feeling of the wind and stuff and it's just it's so beautifully executed because at the same time nothing is being said but at the same time everything is being said yeah because and and deliberate in what it's telling yeah Uh, I think that because if you use the idea of silence properly, it is just so impactful, and that just goes back to how really you know well done and executed this se- this episode was by Dave Filoni, and I really hope we actually get to see him direct more because yes. you show how much he it shows how much he's grown. No, so. This is something I want to lead in. Um, I we I'm not too sure if, if anyone that listens home or I spoke to you or Jack is like looking around the uh, the general opinions of this, but I've, I've noticed a bit of a con- controversial opinions like with leaning into one of either two sides. Either loving this direction that Mandalorian is going and thinking this is one of the best episodes they've seen so far, or not being a biggest fan of the direction this is going. And I keep trying to find out which side I'm on. Because on one side, I loved this episode in terms of how it was made, what we saw was great. I think this episode actually was a really fun episode. However, I don't know if I want this to be... I don't know if I want... This is what I want the Mandalorian to be. This, like... This is a very... This became, more than other episodes in this uh, in this series, uh, especially in this season, because we've started to see like other characters pop up, like when uh, Boba Fett show up for a bit, or um, what's her name? The, uh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan show up for a bit, or other characters like that. Um, we started to see uh, like characters like that show up. But yeah. more than any of them, this episode felt so connected to the overall universe in a way that I kind of enjoyed The Mandalorian wasn't when it first happened. When The Mandalorian first happened, it was its own thing. It felt entirely, like, disconnected, aside from little, like, callbacks, little references, like the Empire showing up and whatnot. It felt like its own show. And especially with, like, Ahsoka, such a major character, like, just showing up and being, like, a main part of this. And then the reveal at the end saying, what are you, why are you looking for? You're looking for Thrawn. Is that implying a separate thing with Ahsoka and Thrawn later? Or is Thrawn going to show up in this show? Like, I love Thrawn. I don't know if I want him in this show. I gotta say, I don't think that that story will be taking place in The Mandalorian. I okay. really I really feel like they're taking they're, they're setting up things just feels for like this, other shows. It feels like this keeps happening, though. It feels like they keep I, setting up other shows I can't in this de- show. I can't deny that, because, you know what, they, they set up the Boba Fett show yeah. in the first episode. It seems as though they're setting, they're, they're you know setting up an Ahsoka spin-off, yeah. an Ezra spin-off, possibly a Kenobi spin-off. And I don't... Also, yeah, and also the ending bit where they mentioned that Ahsoka wasn't going to train her, which I, looked, I really liked, and then they were going to go back to the Jedi temple that you were ta- telling me about, which was the Legends origin of the Jedi, which I really liked. Typhon, yeah. Yeah, um, and they were going to go into the Force and like reach out. Everything, talking about like the way that the Je- there aren't too many Jedi around at this point, or they need to find a Jedi to train him or anything like this. I'm just thinking... The more we hear about that, the more I'm, I'm reminded of the fact that... At, oh, the more we hear about it, the more I'm reminded about the fact that at this point, Luke was training the Jedi, and it just it keeps making more sense. Is that is Luke going to show up? 
is Luke is Luke gonna be the one that's referenced? In which case, I really don't want Luke Skywalker to be in this show. No, 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 I don't either. I really don't. Ho- I really hope that they don't do that. And you know what? I I completely understand. And I had that same fear. Like I'm thinking, not like we're getting Ahsoka, but at the same time, she's re- she's referencing Grand Admiral Thrawn, and now we're mm-hmm. going to a a planet that which, was referenced in the extended universe. And that's the stuff. Is, I love. I love all of this. I think it'd be great to see Ahsoka in a main show and a Grand Admiral Thrawn in live action. Because I know how this, much you love Thrawn. All of this, so awesome. It blows my mind that, that that's an idea. But that's not what I want from The Mandalorian. And I trust Jon Favreau and Dave yeah. Filoni to not do that. Because they are fans of Star Wars and they are fans of clearly what they're making themselves. And right. I honestly, like, I mean, clearly, we haven't seen it yet. Yes. But I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that no, they, that, that, too, that yeah. they, like, I'm on the same page as you, Michael, uh, is that um, all the stuff that we're getting now, I don't want that to, you know, corrupt what we already have. Right. That's what made the, Mandal- the, the first season of The Mandalorian so special. Because exactly. the only thing that we got in terms of other media, Star Wars wise, was the Darksaber at the end. Everything else was its yeah. own thing. And so, which, even, which made a lot of sense because it connected directly to the Mandalorian. So, which which perfectly made sense why it showed up. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think with me because it's. it's I, I look back to Rebels, which is the thing Dave Filoni did. Which Rebels starts off kind of disconnected, just a couple of uh, re- uh, rebel people, like uh, they're more like uh, outlaws or kind of like like you know, small smaller yeah. cells on, yeah. on Lothal, um, and with like a Jedi in a bit. But as the show continued. It became more and more connected to the Skywalker thing. Like uh, Leia shows up, they join the rebellion. They join a rebellion. Well, it becomes more about the actual origins of the rebellion, which I really liked because, as much as I did like early seasons of Rebels, it wasn't. It it wasn't that it couldn't hold up on its own, but it's like it didn't feel like it needed to be on its own. Like I didn't think that and be like, ah, yes, I want this to continue forever. Yeah, I was happy for that series to evolve and grow and change what it became into, which was a, a basically origin story for the Rebellion. I really like that. However, I look at the, the Mandalorian, and I think this is some of the most entertaining and interesting things of Star Wars we've seen in decades. Uh, it's really interesting seeing this like side of learning about Mandalorian culture, learning about like the bounty hunting and these, like, the Outer Rim planets, and these really interesting mysteries that we've never seen. And to see that kind of connect more and become less of its own thing and become more into just kind of like a Star Wars Rebels or even original trilogy continued, it just, that seems so less interesting to me. I agree, is that, you know, like, that's the thing, is that it's something that they not only leaned into in the actual episodes themselves, but they were, they were literally talking about it in those behind-the-scenes episodes that are available on Disney+, Plus. is that they wanted to create a feeling not only in how the episode was made, but even as even down to how the score is written. Yep. They wanted to give you the feeling that, yes, you are in the Star Wars universe, but this is nothing like you've ever seen. Yeah, which right? it's definitely in, got. And yeah. I'm just... And I'm not scared that it's not going to go that direction, but... It's, it's been increasing in that direction. Like, we, it started off slow. It's gotten more and more... Like, first off, it was just Boba Fett kind of showed up for a little bit. Then Bo-Katan was kind of, like, a major part of that episode. And then Ahsoka was, like, the second primary character of this whole episode. And I loved what we saw, but it's, like, it's becoming a direction. And I guess we'll see as this episode, as this season finishes up or winds off, whether when we're going to see with, like, Moff Gideon and that fight and everything. Yeah. But to me... Either they're setting up just a bunch of other Disney Plus shows in this because it's a popular show and they want to set up other shows, which, you know, it's fine. I mean, I'd love to see a Thrawn live-action series. Well, an Ezra series has been yeah. rumoured for months. So, so, if that's so, great. But, like, taking outside that external external reason why, 
it feels like they're setting up for Thrawn to be a big bad later on in the show, which I really don't want. I really don't want that either. And, like, I like to think, and I confidently... Like, like the Mandalorian should not be the one to fight Thrawn. Look, I can confidently think that that won't happen. It could happen, because we don't know. Calling it now. I understand that your... I understand your fears. They're my fears as well. Um, I like to think that Jon Favreau are definitely being who they are. Mm. That they have the prior... Like, you know, they have the prior knowledge to not do that. Because if they had this idea in season one that they pushed so hard, literally, like we were just talking about, you know, behind the scenes, they said it many, many times, wanting to make it so that the Mandalorian is in this universe but is so different. If they want to maintain that mentality, I like to think that that won't be a thing that they'll suffer from. It could be, we don't know yet. Yeah. But I like to think not. Yeah, it's just just a thing I noticed as the show continued. And I, I didn't really bring it up too much in previous episodes because it was just kind of like subtle things. But like this episode more than the others, just felt like a lot more connected. And there, I really there, liked... were, there were some red flags in that area, which is, I'm thinking... And, when and she it's meant... hard because I really enjoyed what we saw. It's like, what they bring in, I really like. And it's so, do I just be like, sure, we'll just commit to it. Like, which is the reason that, I like, as I said, a lot of people really like this episode. A lot of people really like that direction of, wait, make this more like my regular Star Wars. Bring in all these characters I love. And yeah. it's great. Like, They've when they've done it, they've been executed amazingly. So it's like, do I do I just accept that? Okay, this is just what the Mandalorian's becoming because, like, one, they're doing it well, but two, this is not what I really want the Mandalorian to be. I liked it when it was before when it was on its own. Yeah, and so. frankly, I don't really know where we're going from here because yeah. it seems as though from from it does feel like from where, what what direction? Are because they from going? here, essentially, Ahsoka's you know, sent Mando on, like, a Jedi-related mission. Yeah. But at the same time, we have so much Moff Gideon stuff going on. Which I really like. I do like where they're going with Moff Gideon. Even though it is, like, Empire, and it's, like, uh, similar to what we've seen, it is different enough in a way that it feels like a a disconnected um, continuation of the Empire, unlike what we've seen in, like, First Order or whatnot. It's its own thing, which I really enjoy. And it would just kind of suck if we learned that Moff Gideon was then later working for Thrawn or something like that. I... I... (laughs) Oh, that's right. You, you say he's never showing up. My kooky theory, Moff Gideon's been working for Thrawn this whole time. Oh, I certainly don't think it's impossible that he could show up. Yeah. I really don't want him to. <laughs> I'm just thinking that based on what we've already yeah, heard the, the filmmakers saying, I... Yeah, no, I, I like, agree with you. Like, Makes sense. With what we've seen already, they have given me the avenue to trust them also, that that won't happen. Another thing, apparently, one thing about last week's episode, uh, apparently in the audio descriptive... Uh, uh, of the episode, yeah, when commentary. they when they zoom out with uh, all of the in Moff Gideon with all those cr- characters in the background, it showed it said um, a dark shot of a bunch of dark troopers. So they officially were called dark troopers. Oh shit! Which I'm like, call, I called it, uh, which is the characters from uh, uh, Dark Forces, which was a PC game like the '90s, which is like a shooter. Yeah. Um, basically, they were like robot. I mean, they later became suits, but they were like kind of robot. Uh, in, Stormtroopers, but they're like really powerful, which I think is awesome. Like if they can, uh, if they're like, if he uses like all these dark troopers, one, it's cool callback to legends, but two, like they'd be really interesting to fight, and they'd especially be interesting if they were made out of Beskar, because he's clearly. Yeah, and if they're trying to make them force sensitive by cloning the well, DNA that they yeah, already have from the child, it depends if they're going through that. I don't know. It kind of felt like that was more like a leading into like the Empire with possibly Snow or something, which I hope it isn't, but you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because it, it's been shown that. Moff Gideon does have access to a fair amount of Beskar because one, he was like responsible for the Purge of Mandalore, so he might have a lot of that. Yeah. But two, um, Werner Herzog's character was working under him and had that all of that Beskar for yeah. his armor. So in Wilro Hood's ice cream case. Exactly. <laughs> so that could be an interesting thing, but that's unconnected to this episode. 
Yeah. Um, God, we've covered so much. I'm not sure what we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Um, yes. There's a lot to talk about, but it's it's just interesting because I have very mixed opinions because I loved the episode, but I'm not I'm not too sure if I'm a big fan of the direction. Yeah, I mean, because that, that's the thing is. Us being us, and Star Wars fans yeah. being who they are, especially Clone Wars, and, especially Clone Wars and Rebel fans. Yeah. When they see someone like Ahsoka, when they hear a oh, name, it was great. when they hear a name like Thrawn, our first reaction is to jump out of our skin. Exactly. Right. But you also have to think about the fact. <laughs> it depends. It's like a oh my gosh, wow, and then it's a wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. when I heard Thrawn, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. But like, wait, why, why is he yeah. in this? What? You have to consider the fact that this is Mando's show. This yeah. is Mandalorian. And the fact that if you were to bring too many people into it, I feel like you'd be doing a disservice, not only to Mando as a character, but the idea that this thing is so on its own. Mm. And that's what man, that, that's what uh, made the season one of Mandalorian so great. I feel like if, if you're doing that, you're making the universe too small. Right? Yeah, which is something that I definitely don't want. Because like, sequel trilogy had a real problem with making me feel like the Star Wars universe was tiny. Like, it just, it felt so small after it, how everyone was, like, knew each other was connected, and, like, there was, like, a couple of planets, and they just implied the whole universe was, like, under occupation. Like, there were lots of little things which just made the universe feel small again. The yeah. Mandalorian shows up and just completely throws that out of the way. It just made the universe feel so large and, li- and alive again. Like, while you've got all these stories going on with Luke and all these, there are just so many stories going on yeah. in Outer Rim and all these other places in the world, completely unconnected with their own stories, their own missions and things. Exactly. Which made the universe feel so much more alive. Even to the point where you can go back to a planet like Tatooine yeah. and still do new stuff. Exactly. It's not like there's one story in the Star Wars universe at one time. There's a million stories. Because that's the fir- that's one of the things that we were talking about when we reviewed the first episode. Is yeah. in terms of the pr- the problem that could arise in terms of making the universe smaller. Yeah. You know, it, it was a good combination in that you can go back to a planet that we've seen God knows how many times, yes. like Tatooine. But as long as you're doing new stuff on that planet, yeah. you'll get you can you can you know you can sort of get away with it. But this is a whole new thing because this isn't planet-based. This is character-based. Mm. Characters that have been established from years of television and other media. And if you were to bring them into this show, you're right. You would be disservicing it. And I, But I'd like to stand by the fact that yeah. what we've already heard John and Dave say unto themselves mm. and the stuff that you know they have clearly shown as a key objective for them and how massive Star Wars fans they really are, I trust them that what we want to see... They want to see Yeah, like, as I was was saying, uh, what they have brought into the show, be it small things, be it larger things, like, every little decision they've made bringing things back, I think have been great. Like, whether they've been really interesting for the show, or they've just been implemented amazingly. And so that's true. Um, And so I think, uh, I I have a, I'd say I'm cautiously optimistic, because, like, I'm, I'm optimistic in the sense where what we've seen, I've loved. However, I'm cautious in the sense. I'm cautious in the sense where I can kind of see. A, I can see a direction where this becomes a a less interesting show to me, which yeah, you know, I hope doesn't happen. Well, we'll I have really to really love the show. Well, we'll have to see. Yeah. So we don't know yet. Um, yeah, that's just there's so, there's so much to think about, and I think we've given both of us, both uh, like yeah. you know each other a lot to think about. Definitely. I mean, at the same time, there is so much to think about. Like, you know, are they going to bring Lars Mikkelsen back to play Thrawn? That'd be so cool. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting who they cast for live action. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Which, um, like, I would love to see. Like, if in fact, doesn't even need to be purely Thrawn. Like, if we see Ahsoka, the Disney Plus show, which, like, continues Ahsoka's journey, whether she looks for Ezra, whether she does something on her own, or whether she's hunting Thrawn, 
I would love that if we see Thrawn in that because Ahsoka and Thrawn perfectly that you could set up that show you could be as connected as you want have bring back everything that Dave Filoni would want to do if he was responsible for that who knows however just that's just not what I wanted the Mandalorian that and that's the thing and and I don't know if they will do that you I think you could be correct it could just easily be they're just like throwing out a hundred names to like try and bring up all these Disney Plus shows because yeah. that's clearly direct that's clearly that that's clearly the direction they want to be going in in terms of Star Wars is producing these Disney Plus shows, which look, I, I think is a great idea because they've been amazing so far. Look, I really hope I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope um, you are too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that, guys. And, uh, God, there's so much to unpack. I'm losing track of what we've already talked about. Um, yeah. Like we, we probably could have talked a little bit more about the going into the Force related to Grogar and like how he needs to like his trust his force is entirely based on his attachment to Mando which was interesting yeah and like uh, maybe talk about like like the occupation of them I don't know but like this thing in terms of plot this episode's a bit less than the other ones it's mostly it's mostly about like the well this episode was all about Mando yeah, trying to about, find Ahsoka it's about so. Mando and Ahsoka and about the what goes on there and then the side plot with them rescuing the city and so I think yeah in terms of what we saw it was really cool um mm-hmm. We pretty much covered most of that. Though. Yeah. Um, no. So let's just round up our thoughts, well, guys. Maybe next episode where we with direct direction where we think it will be going after this. Yeah, I think once we get next week's episode, we'll get to see a really good sense of where this episode or where the season will be going for the for the for the last two episodes oh, like, that will yeah. come after there's, it. There's three um, left. Because like yeah. it, it even goes down to the fact that look, I love a Wait, soaker. Is there three left or four left? Well, three from now. Three from now. Yeah, chapter fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I love Ahsoka. She's one of my favourite Star Wars characters. But I was so hoping that she wasn't going to get on that ship with him. Like, I was just like... Yeah, you know, that would because, been... because if she gets on that ship, if she gets on the Razor Crest, it becomes her show. Yeah. And that's why... And that's what no, that's not what I want. Um, Which is interesting, because I really liked when Ahsoka just showed up and became a semi-main character in Rebels. But it also made a lot more sense for her to be in Rebels. It just yeah. wouldn't make any sense for her to come with. Yeah, and if we get yeah. to see her in her own show where she's hunting down Ezra and Thrawn... <laughs> hunting Ezra. Like, that's that's such a great idea. Yeah, Give I that to agree. me. Just don't do it in The Mandalorian. Yeah, and, I, and so I like I definitely love the decision that they that Ahsoka didn't go with her. She had this reason, legitimate reason why she wouldn't train um, Grogar. Grogu. Grogu. <laughs> it's going to take a while. Um, and then now we're seeing them go in this new direction. Again, another hunt trying to find this next part of the Jedi. It's, it's always going to find something else, which is funny. Yeah, because well, that, that's something that we quickly touched on, but we'll you know talk about a little bit more before the episode, before we wind down this episode. Uh, this place that Ahsoka has sent Mando to, Tython, mm. right? Tython is a planet from actually the you know the expanded universe, from like mm. legends and stuff, that was uh, the birthplace of, not the Jedi, the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, which is J H E D apostrophe A double I. Essentially, the so long the, Jedi. The, the the origins the origin of the of Force users before they split into two factions, the Jedi and the Sith. Which is interesting because in canon, as of Rogue One, you know, Jedi is the yeah. birthplace of the Jedi. It's, it's interesting. It's, I don't know if it's implied that either the Jedi come from Jeddah or that Jeddah was named after the Jedi. Yeah. It's like, I don't know whether it's like one or the other, but like, well, yeah, it's interesting that we're seeing this more bits from Legends brought back in because we did see a little bit of that with uh, later seasons of Clone Wars or Malachor or something where we yeah. saw some parts I mean, of the origin. It of seems the as though what she's implying is that Tython is one of the birthplaces of the Force in general. Yeah, which, which I is like. interesting because she's talking about the fact that if you put, uh, you know, Grogu Gosh. on the, uh, on the this, on this quote unquote seeing stone, yeah. then a Jedi may sense his presence which, and come find him. I like the idea that, yeah, that. Rather than rather than Ahsoka just being like, yeah, I don't want to train him. 
if he need if he if Mandalorian feels like he needs to be trained, take him to a place where he can reach out to the Force, and and a Force user be that Jedi who's willing to teach him will then come to him. I love that. That's such an interesting idea, and it also kind yeah. of brings back another mystery of what all we see because I love. This show works well with seeing like really consistent, fun characters in interesting ways, but also mysteries that you're discovering and unfolding. Yeah. And the more explicit they are revealed, the kind of less interesting it is to me. Yeah, that's the thing, is that, you know, we're talking about the idea that, you know, or the, the problem that could arise if you're making this universe too small. But at the same time, if, you know, if Yoda's, if Baby Yoda's put on this seeing stone and a Jedi comes looking for him, if we got an entirely new Jedi, mm. like someone we've never seen before, someone want. who maybe survived Order 66 or maybe was trained afterwards, something like that, mm. who's been in hiding or is just not known at all, I'd be down for that. I think I would yeah. prefer that. I prefer that. Seeing, well, not, not only, as you said earlier, there aren't too many post Order 66 Jedi yeah. but like most of them are, are the quite major characters well yeah because the thing is that obviously we know now that, that Ahsoka's not going to train him no. if Luke shows up that would that, that'd be that would be terrible like I, I have reservations about what we saw, saw here if Luke shows up it's like what is this show we just finished the, the Skywalker saga I would really not like that if some, uh, but, you know, even to the point where, yeah. you know, just like, oh, this Jedi reached out to him. His name is Cal Kestis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love Cal Kestis, but I don't want him showing, showing yeah. up in The Mandalorian. If, if, if a Jedi is going to be training Grogu, yeah. then I want it to be someone that we've never, ever think, seen before. I definitely think that would be good. Yeah. Um, and that rounds up the, the discussion for this episode, guys. So, all in all, I really did enjoy this episode. Yeah. Like, because we've, we've had so... It seems Such as though... It was, it was, like, that's the thing. In terms of... Pure enjoyment, like other previous episodes of Mandalorian have just been kind of like going along for the ride, been a lot of fun. Yeah. But this episode fully concentrated. This episode had my 100% of my attention pretty much the entire runtime, yeah. which I I would say is definitely been more than the previous ones. So in yeah. terms of that, 100% was a great episode. Because that's the thing, we, we seem to be having a lot of. Uh, we've, we've done a lot of critical thinking today, yeah. but that shouldn't take away from the it's, fact that we really did love this yeah. episode. I Those are just the things that we're just like. If this happened because yeah. of what we saw, we wouldn't be a fan of it. But it's in terms like, of the episode as one concise piece mm. of Star Wars media, fantastic. It's critical thinking about like the direction it could go, not the direction it went. I think I definitely. And you know what? I'm glad one. that we can think of it like that because it shows we're not biased. Oh um, we, no, we're so biased. A hundred percent. We run a Star Wars podcast. We're gonna love everything Star Wars. Just don't watch our Rise of Skywalker review. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that. Uh, so yeah, guys, listen. Dave Filoni, writing, directing, beautiful. Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka fantastic there were only some small character design things that we were sort of like eh about and the uh, the the action the way that this entire episode looks there are certain shots in this episode that i just want as a poster on my wall they were so freaking beautiful uh that you know uh background mm. to grogu's uh, baby yoda's character and giving him a name there are parts of that we don't like but ultimately it's cool yeah. that we're getting some more de de uh you know uh stuff about his character and that wraps up the discussion, guys. And we're very excited to see where this story is going to go. Because yeah. right now, this has just been blown open completely. And I have no idea what next week's episode yeah, is going to be. In a way, a lot, which of, is mysteries, what I like. in a way, a lot of mysteries have been solved. But in another way, like, we've still got so much more we can learn and explore about in yeah. the show. And so that's definitely exciting. Yeah. Oh, and Mando has a cool new spear. Mando, so, exactly. We didn't even mention the spear and light, lightsaber fight between Ahsoka and the Warlord. Which was character. super cool. Which was great. I love that. I was a big fan. So, uh, yeah. But uh, otherwise, yeah, let's wrap up the episode. That's that, guys. Thank you very much for listening to our discussion. I really hope you uh, got something out of it. I'm sure we did because mm -hmm. I've just, like, even after our discussion, I'm thinking about this episode so much more uh, intricately now. And maybe, yeah. hopefully, you are too. Uh, 
thank you for watching. Sorry, not the watching, listening. listening. Uh, but, in, but in terms of watching something, I really hope you guys enjoyed our yes. holiday special reaction because I had a lot of fun making uh, editing that. Yes, which you haven't seen. If you if you haven't seen yet, it, we have a link to it on our Facebook page and our Twitter. But otherwise, it's on our YouTube account if you want to check that out. Uh, it was very interesting watching that. It nearly killed us, but we're okay now. <laughs> oh yeah, we've had a week to recover. Yes, uh, we have. So yeah. and our love of Star Wars has been rejuvenated. That's the thing. Like after. After the holiday special, I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever going to love a Star Wars again. And then they showed us this episode, and I'm like, okay, I might like a Star Wars. You know, yeah, it's, I'm, look, I'm back on board. Like, you've won me again. Exactly, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so that's that, guys. Again, thank you very much for listening. This episode will be going out uh, on uh, Sunday. You'll be listening to us now. Yes. And the YouTube version will be available midweek, Wednesday, at the same time, 12 p.m. AEST. We are available on social media as well, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the links to... Uh, all the places you can listen to us at are in the description of this podcast episode as well as our podcast page in general. And that is all the housekeeping I have to do, Michael. Yeah. Anything else to say? Uh, no. Uh, looking forward to the direction this is going. <laughs> we'll see if there's any Star Wars news, but otherwise, yeah, just enjoying the Mandalorian ride so far. It's all really just revolving around Mando, which I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. I'm perfectly happy with that. It's such a great show. It's a real revival for Star Wars post-Disney. Yeah. Because, I mean, you mention this every week, Michael, regardless of the feelings or the trepidation that we may feel towards certain things, yep. the idea that we are getting weekly stuff... <sighs> to theorise about is just it's is so good. It's 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 making my twenty twenty better. And it isn't so. even like a like a bit of a like a like a shorter thing. Like like I love the Clone Wars ones, but like especially when it was like one part of four, it was like um it became it was like a bit of a, a bit of a longer wait. It was like, well I really enjoyed this but it's like I kinda of want to view this all at once. Whereas like with Mandalorian, it's like one forty to fifty minute self contained episode which you can discuss about, you can analyze, you can theorize, you can wait, get excited for the next episode. It's just it's just an enjoyment to be able to do this every week. So I love that. And it's, and to be able to talk about it on the podcast with you is such an opportunity. Nice button to put on the episode, guys. <laughs> that, uh, Michael. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. This has been Telling the Odds. <laughs>